the Business Buzz Podcast. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on VowFM. Good evening and welcome. This is the Business Buzz right here on VowFM 88.1. My name is Mdeo Mob Justice Kavaza and I am here live at our studios in Bromfontein, Johannesburg. It is a Thursday. The time has just gone by a little bit after 6 p.m., which means it's time for us to delve into the world of business, economics, commerce, and how the world affects you and your pocket. For today, we're going to be talking about a topic which I think is very dear and near to all of our hearts, and that's the issue of getting a job that very very first job and i know that for a lot of people out there the job hustle the job search uh trying to get your foot in the door that hustle is so real right now so we're going to be talking about whether or not you should be using websites whether you should be choosing uh, recruitment agencies maybe you have a family friend or a connection that has a business we're going to be exploring the different ins and outs of how you get that first job so definitely make sure you keep it locked until about 7.30. We have uh, uh, interesting experts that are going to be giving us some insight uh, first into how you actually go about it and then once you actually get the job, how do you actually make sure that you are well compensated for what it is that you do with you and your time when you are at your desk otherwise on the other side of this we're also be going to be getting into our business wrap uh, that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's business and economics news and then we get into our buffalo index straight after that remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on social on social media we are vow fm on uh on Facebook, we are also the Business Buzz. We have our own Facebook page there. And then on Twitter, you can find us. That's at VowFM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. And then on Twitter, uh, we have a poll that's actually been there at the moment. And we asked uh, before the show started, how do you look for a job? And how did you find your current job? Yeah, stick around. Just a few minutes. I'm going to be telling you what the people told us before this. Otherwise, you can also talk to us on whatsapp that's 0840784912 and you can stream the station live that's vowfm.co.za and podcasts of the business bus show will be available on journalism.co.za make sure you keep it locked this is the business bus right here on vowfm 88.1 business rap with ken sweatman It's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's business and economics news. And on the line to help us unpack some of these issues as our financial expert, we have Ken Sweaten and Mohammed on the line. How are you, Ken? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? Huh? I'm fine, thank you. It's been quite uh, quite an interesting week in South Africa. Uh, very interesting. Uh, 24 hours. Uh, we seem to be at the dawn of a new era in South Africa. How? What's going on out there, and how has the business community reacted to what's been going on? Well, all I can say, probably the same reaction as everybody else, and that is extremely positive on... <laughs> On all notes, um, I, I can't say I've seen a day as good as this on our financial markets in South Africa in a long, long, long time, if ever, I might add. Uh, and that, that's the impact, uh, the, the Ramaphosa impact has had on our markets, the confidence that business and the economy has in, in the men coming into power. And uh, I only hope and pray that he doesn't let us down. But let's let's have a quick run through. We've got the, the dollar trading at 11.63. That's an improvement of about three quarters of a percent on the day. The pound's right down to 16.35. Um, all the currencies have strengthened substantially today. But the biggest surprise and shock for me, the JSC All Share Index up nearly 4% today. That is an incredible jump on one day. And this is after some sharp declines towards the end of January and early February. Um, and the markets didn't know what Zuma was going to do when it looked like he might not resign. But it shows the confidence we've got back in our markets just with the change of one person in power. <laughs> and how, do, how has the RAND actually taken this? Because I know that that's one particular indicator that a lot of people have been looking at, particularly in the last week or so, as uh, all the drama has been unfolding with Jacob Zuma and now with the new presidency of Sir Ramaphosa. That's right. The rand loves it. The rand loves it. Like I said, we, we've had strengthening of the rand uh, almost consistently over the last week or so. It, uh, as, I, as I said, now it's, it's currently trading at 11.63 to the U.S. dollar. 
Um, and, and it loves it simply because the currencies and markets like stability in a, in a country. Unfortunately, uh, over the last two or three years in particular, the Zuma presidency has not been stable. There's been far too many allegations of corruption and state capture and all these uh, words that have been bandied about, and markets haven't liked that. And it's reflected that we've had no real growth on our markets in almost any asset class for, for about the last two and a half years. And suddenly we have a change and markets jump up 4% and rent strengthens and everything is looking rosy and it's almost like the last two and a half years didn't happen. Uh, obviously, the, the reason for that is that it's not so much South Africa itself, but overseas investors and there are fund managers in, in America and other countries in the world that, that place literally millions of dollars around the world in various markets. And when you're investing your client's money, you want a stable economy. You want a stable political situation. If, for example, you're not going to invest money in Syria, for example. <laughs> and, and suddenly we, we see what appears to be a far more stable political situation in our country going forward for the foreseeable future. And the market's like that. So it's all reflecting on on the perception of of most uh, of less problems in our political arena, keeping in mind that we do have a very volatile currency and all we need is for, for our new president to say one thing out of turn or even one of the cabinet ministers and this could all come tumbling down again. It, it, it is very fragile. We have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but Ken, I feel like uh, we also need to touch on the other factors because... Um, Notwithstanding everything that you've just mentioned in terms of the political situation, some pundits out there are actually speculating to say that a part of the RAND's strengthening at the moment is, uh, could be attributed to how um, the U.S. markets seem to be facing a bit of a sell-off and that the, RAND, that the U.S. dollar has been weakening against most major currencies. So to what extent would you then say that the political situation is a factor in the strengthening of the RAND um, over the last uh, sort of two weeks? Well, I do agree with you, with your comments regarding America, although I personally think, and I must stress it to be a personal <laughs> view, that the, that the current strength in the RAND, when it has just gone to 1162 while we're speaking, um, has been based purely on, on the South African story rather than the American story. You know, in America, and just to touch on it extremely briefly, because we could talk all night about it, but the numbers coming out of America are actually looking very good. They, they've got the lowest uh, unemployment in, in a number of years. Their average salaries are going up. Uh, consumer spending is going up. Their economy is looking very buoyant at the moment. But with all of this, what is they're worried about is American interest rates going up. And they've not gone up significantly at all in, the, in many, many years. But they're looking at probably three in, interest rates increases in America this year, which in turn will fuel inflation. So they've got inflationary worries in America. And yes, that is uh, affecting the U.S. dollar. But I, I, my view is quite simple. I think this strengthening of the rand is a confidence in South Africa rather than a weakening of the U.S. dollar. And in fact, a couple of analyst reports I read this afternoon are indicating that um, it could go as high as 1150 from 1162 where it is now, uh, based on a Ramaphosa presidency. And so they're all talking South Africa rather than U.S. on, on, on the, the financial market, on the financial media at the moment. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ken. I think this will be a situation that we'll be looking to see as it develops. Well, we certainly will, and over the next few weeks, well, depending on how Cyril Ramaphosa does, we'll certainly indicate on, on what happens in our markets. But let's hope he carries on the way he has started on his first day, and we'll all be smiling as investors over the forthcoming weeks. So, so that's it in terms of uh, our business wrap for today. We're on the line with Ken Swetanamu, is our financial expert. And the big news of the week of the day at the moment is uh, the fact that um, last night we saw that President Jacob Zuma resigned as president of the Republic of South Africa. And today we have Sir Ramaphosa, who has been uh, just sworn in as the president. And we were talking about how the markets are reacting to this. As you heard, the rand is trading at 1163, which is um, a high if you actually look at how the rand has been performing over the last three months so we will continue to see how this story develops on the other side of this we get into our buffalo index keep it locked this is the business buzz More justice on the business buzz
We've just come from giving you our business wrap, and right now it's time for us to get into our Buffalo Index. That's the part of the show where we tell you the state of your hundred rand. Uh, and I have my my producer, I've got Elna in the studio, who's going to tell us well, what does a hundred rand look like, especially for a job seeker. What <laughs> because if you're looking for a job, Madiba, it's not like you just have those buffaloes lying around. <laughs> it's not like you have that little bit of extra on exactly, the side. Yeah. So you really need to make sure where, you, where you're putting your money is the right places. And I try to find out some things. Yeah. So the number one thing, of course, is your CV. You're not going to get anywhere without it. Yeah. And let's say it's five pages long. Yeah. And you want to get a few of those. A hundred bucks can print 125 pages. Um, so that's that's quite a few, quite a few, got quite a few CVs. Yeah, yeah, you can you can yeah. get around with that, yeah. but you can also get a hundred business cards, which I almost think might be might be a better thing, depending depending on where you're going. Maybe go maybe go business cards first. Yeah. And then CVs, just hit them with both, <laughs> depending how, how many you have. But say you actually get the job interview, yeah. you get a walk through the door, yeah. and we're all terrified, you know, you've ironed your, your perfect tie from top to bottom, and now you're freaking out. What you could do is you could use those hundred bucks for a professional interview coach. That might be a major key. Right? Yeah. So they will sit you down. They will help you with your CV. They will help you with with your what you're going to wear and what you're going to say. Yep. And when they ask you that very dreaded question that I am always so worried about, <laughs> Elna, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? Yes. You will yes, be ready yes, because yes. you will be coached. So a hundred bucks can get you nine point two three minutes. With a professional interview coach, <laughs> technically, so it's not a lot, but your 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 buffalo can get you some more. Something, yeah. something. You never know. Maybe in that nine minutes, they'll be able to tell you. You know, listen. Maybe you need to change this outfit. Maybe invest in like six business cards. You know, a lot can happen in nine minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. But yes, that's the state of a uh, hundred rand. What it can get you, especially for a job seeker out there in uh, out there in South Africa, because that's what we are talking about today. Thank you so much, Alna Schutz, uh, for just giving us those uh, roundup of uh, some of those statistics. As you heard, hundred rand can get you twenty-five CVs at five pages, or maybe a hundred business cards or 9.23 minutes of a professional interview um, training session. So, on the other side of this, we're actually going to be talking to one of these experts and we're going to be hearing about uh, the application process, how you can land that first job. So, make sure you keep it locked because today we're talking about getting that first job. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. You're tuned in to The Business Buzz. We're talking about getting your first job right here on the Business Buzz on Vow FM. We just came from giving you uh, our Buffalo Index. And as you heard, uh, if you're a job seeker, 100 Rand um, might uh, go a bit of a way in helping you land some of the, that branding material for you to get that first job. Uh, remember that you can keep in touch with us joining the conversation uh, on social media. You can find us uh, Vow FM or Voice of Vids. That's on Facebook. We also have our own Facebook page. That's The Business Buzz. On Twitter, you can find us. That's at VowFM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. Before the show, we were actually running a poll on Twitter uh, where we asked, how do you look for a job and or, or how did you find your current job? And we actually had people voting and some interesting results coming out. Uh, 47% of you say that you got uh, your first job or you're looking for a job uh, through job websites, 20% through family uh, members and connections, 27% are by actually just uh, approaching companies and then 6% are going through recruiters. So very interesting statistics coming out from there and it leads straight into our main topic for today and we are talking about getting that first job. But before we do that, I actually uh, went and I found some interesting statistics about what it means to actually be in the workforce. And uh, this was a very interesting 
stat that I got earlier, and it says if you were to work a f- uh, work 40 hours a week from the age of 20 to the age 65, uh, you would work just over 90,000 hours in your lifetime. And given the fact that um, 90,000 hours versus 24 hours in a day, that, that's, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. And then the other interesting thing I found is that Leonardo da Vinci, the f- uh, the famous artist um, from uh, the 15th 16th century uh, is actually credited as being the first person to actually write a resume or a CV. Uh, it seems uh, it, it, obviously it seems unlikely that nobody had ever listed their skills, uh, but according to according to people according to historians, they're saying that he was the first person to do so in 1490. So that's us getting into, you know, the issue of jobs. And uh, today I'm happy to be joined in studio uh, by Petra Cooper, who is from Robert Walters Recruitment, which is a global specialist uh, professional recruitment uh, consultancy. They aim to be the world's leading specialist recruitment agency, the first name uh, to the world's businesses whenever they need to hire the best. And they specialize in finance and legal positions. How are you, Petra? Oh, thank you so much for having me with you. Uh, very well, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Perhaps as a way for us to start off for uh, our young listeners out there, how how did you get your first job? So uh, maybe I can give you a bit of background about me and that can paint the context. Yeah. So um, I'm studied at bits i actually completed my ba law degree um and so my first job i got um uh, to complete my articles was actually you mentioned the poll there through family and friends so uh, definitely (laughs) sometimes who you know right and not what you know so um uh, from there um i guess you know i started doing my articles um and it definitely is about networking and and you know using the right um you know people and uh the funny thing is that i ultimately ended up after you know doing law for about six years um through social media robert walters uh, you know a friend of mine said that they were looking for people and that's ultimately you know how i got there and, yeah. and just started engaging with them and initially i was a candidate of robert walters myself many okay. of our consultants were um you know someone who approached us to find a job and seemed to have some personality so they were interested to have me on on board as well as a consultant where i started then. okay 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 and for us to i guess the next thing it leads straight on to uh, because you're talking about how uh, it was who you knew and then after that it was then social media mm. so that's already um, your movement from one to the other you're using two different mediums so for people that are entering the job market mm. we've heard the different options out there how do, how should someone actually be looking for a job is there one channel that you say this is the channel or is should it be a mixture well, what's your opinion well um I do feel there's no single easiest way. I I do think, though, that you must choose a few ways, but not like 10 different ways and kind of be a serial (laughs) applier and just go through everything. Um, You know, so often when people come to me and they say, you know, they'd like to use our services, we know that we can service them quite well. Um, We always often say to them, we're well penetrated into the market because we are specialist recruiters. So Mm. um, we're not just um, generalists and, and, and so on. So it's definitely first and most important when you are partnering with a recruitment company that you will partner with somebody who specializes in your area that you're interested in Mm. so um, that definitely helps and those people will also be well equipped to advise you Um, and we also use um, the internet we use LinkedIn as a recruitment company we use Facebook Uh, we're on you know Twitter Um, so definitely internet is probably going to be your best way (laughs) to access what is actually in the market and just one of those ways would be to to reach us Um, so there's a good presence there you'd start then you choose maybe you know your networks will always be great um speaking to your friends who are maybe in the industry that you're in and and you know they might know if their company is hiring or not you can partner like i said very importantly with a specialist agency Mm. recruitment company that is in your um you know field of expertise um and then you know linkedin is very very popular most companies are using it i do think um you know job portals also work mm. uh, the likes of Pnets and Korea 24 um, but the danger when you are applying through m- many of these uh, 
various portals and so on will be that you'll you'll get lost in the numbers and that's what you want to avoid so that is you know where the benefit is to to use a recruitment company because we know where to target your your cv to the right area and not getting lost in the numbers you know just getting the automatic after 48 hours reply that says sorry you went shortlisted and you're not sure if they actually even saw your number so you can imagine um how many people i know how many people come through our portals um and and like i said there's always that danger of being a serial applier and not looking at the criteria so it's very good to partner with someone who specializes is going to help you um, like a recruitment company and, and be very targeted and, and you know you are a rare commodity think of yourself <laughs> like that if you've spent five years to become a lawyer and you know after seven years you're a doctor and, and you've spent so much time to gain these skills yeah. uh, you know the value in it lies that you are just not you, you know if, if you flood the market with your skills it's going to become less valuable yeah. so you want to be quite strategic in the way you approach your job search and be targeted in the way you do it so one of the things that we know is the fact that finding that first job causes a lot of anxiety for, for a lot of people, especially young people. You're straight out of university, you know, you've got this yearning to be financially independent, all of that stuff, and you sort of go crazy uh, with the applications. And you actually then mentioned the fact that there's a danger of becoming lost in the numbers and stuff like that. What are, others, what are some of the other uh, things that you see that people are doing wrong? out there maybe some of the some of the places where as a recruiter you're saying listen uh, th- this is clearly just a wrong thing people think uh, the, the common mistakes that people are making so I do think the first common mistake people make when they apply for a job is by not looking at the criteria required for the job mm. um, so of course I'm not going to apply um, to to work as a trader if I haven't got the criteria, the degree, the experience relevant to what they're actually looking for. Um, so it's very important that when you are responding to an advert or you know um, any of these things through a portal, that you look at the criteria and say to yourself, "Do I meet the criteria?" Mm-hmm. and then apply. You know, um, so th- that will. Then you know, okay, I actually meet the criteria. I'm a possible candidate. There's no guarantee I'll be shortlisted, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So be apply to a job relevant to your experience and skill. Um, the, then when you actually do get the interview, you were talking about how scary it is and the anxiety and how do you <laughs> present yourself. So um, I often say to people, you know, nobody's born with perfect interview skills. Nobody's born with perfect communication skills. It's something that comes with practice. So the biggest mistake people make is that they don't prepare for their interview. Uh, Very important that you then do your research on the company you're actually interviewing with Um, because, you know, flattery goes a long way. If you speak to your interviewer and you actually know a lot about that business, all of a sudden they're impressed because you've gone and done research and it shows your sincere interest in them as a company. Um, And then in terms of preparing how to answer questions, I often say to people, go and stand in front of the mirror and answer (laughs) questions out loud. How do you introduce yourself and then it teaches you to practice eye contact and don't just practice your answers in you know in your head and say well i know how to answer the strengths and weaknesses question Mm. actually practice it out loud and then you're like wow how would i have felt if i was on the receiving end of that (laughs) you know so we often say to people it's that preparation is so key it's it makes you less nervous you're always going to be nervous it's natural to be nervous actually if you're not nervous going for an interview i'd be more worried Mm. you know that that anxiety sometimes creates a positive energy and you're eager to impress um, but when you have practiced enough and practiced out loud and you're dressed for success, um, you do come across as a more confident candidate and, and capable of coping under pressure. Mm, mm, mm. You've given us a lot of interview tips already. <laughs> yes. But now I, I'm not then interested in the other side of that, of that particular coin of what are the, when you're in an interview, what are the interviewers looking for because you might be dressed to impress uh, you might have that positive energy that you're talking about and you might have that nervousness that actually makes you uh, want to impress and have the positive answers but what does it actually mean what are the interviewers actually looking for what is the purpose of this whole process called an interview that is a very good question and it's a very simple answer but surprisingly a lot of us don't don't realize this when we're going for an interview yeah. what is the interview looking for they want to see can you actually do the job 
you know. <laughs> so it's not as as important as it is that you have the eye contact when you shake that person's hand in the mm. introduction. As important as it is to have the right posture and the you know dress for success. Ultimately, what this person is is saying: I've looked at your CV on paper. Mm. You've got the skills. You know, or the experience, or the degree, and oftentimes in a in a when you're a graduate, what they're looking for are the degrees specific to the job that they're interviewing you for, and maybe academic excellence as well. But ultimately, they're going to test whether if I put you in this job, are you going to be able to do the job? Will you be able to, um, you know, are you going to make my life easier? We're going to make it more hard because the the whole point of that person is to say, I'm going to add you to my team so that you can add value. So can you do the job? And are you going to be a problem solver and take initiative in terms of doing that job before you come to me every five seconds and say, I don't know what to do? Mm. So they're looking for someone who's going to be a self-starter, someone who's who's confident, someone who's tactful. But most importantly, can you do the job? And that is where you, the examples, when they ask you a question, uh, you need, key examples are key to actually illustrate the point that you'll be able to execute when you are on site and actually doing that job. Mm, mm, mm. And... As a as a recruiter, do you are you guys involved in formulating some of these um, I guess interview approaches or in advising the companies on what to look for in candidates and what does the rest of the process look like? Because you guys are recruiters and companies come to you looking for specific types of people. So what is that engagement like? Yeah. I think that's the beauty of going through a recruitment uh, consultancy such as ourselves and, and, and that's why I use the word consultancy because <laughs> we are consulting um, you know, with everybody in the process we are managing our clients by giving them the market information so um, you asking about what is the process so so maybe I can give an example of typically what a recruitment process would look like for a company is they'd identify the need they generally try and draft a very accurate job spec uh, where you would consult with the line managers hiring there might be an HR personal recruitment manager on site at the client who, who's then um, you know assisting the line manager to approach the, the agencies or you know sometimes uh, recruit directly uh, through the various uh, social media platforms that you have available um, but when our clients come to us and say I'm looking, let's use a simple example from something that I see fairly often. As, as you mentioned, we, we specialize in finance recruitment. So a lot of our candidates are newly qualified chartered accountants that mm. completed their articles. So the, so the client will come to me and say, you know, I need a, a newly qualified chartered accountant to come and actually do this job. Let's say it's an internal audit job. Um, so the client has a, a general idea of what they're looking for and we also consult and say to them well it is realistic to look for this type of candidate this is what is in the market because yeah. we're obviously a little bit closer to seeing the talent that's available um, we will then reach out to you know the candidates who are registered with us uh, we work through referrals as well we also work through social media as I mentioned and then that candidate we then approach a candidate and say you know when we originally met with you you said you'd like an internal audit job I've got this opportunity we discuss uh, the what the experience required we discuss the environment you know we, we after consulting with the client initially it's very important that we also understand the culture and if, whether that person will be a match to the culture and then ultimately you know we we discuss kind of as much as we can from from our impression and our we are the link between the candidates and the clients uh, so you know then once the candidate gets the interview like like you mentioned what is our involvement in that we're able to do the interview prep so we often do mock interviews and okay. you know we, we we send a lot of interview information to a candidate um, we send we want to equip them and give them the best chance and then we follow up with either face-to-face -face, uh, mock interview a session or we call the candidate and we actually prep them and we talk through it and some of the typical questions that you can expect um, you know and and help them to do make sure they've done the right research on the company Mm. And that's generally also just ask them, have you, if you have gone for an interview before, what did you struggle to answer? Let's maybe see how you can change it this time. Or if you've not gone for an interview, even more important, let's practice some of those answers. And then we give them the advice on how to maybe, you know, just a few things here and there. So it's definitely, you know, we are your cheerleader in that, in that <laughs> the process. We want you to succeed. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know that we're equipping you with the best chance possible through that process. I guess the next question then becomes where, which or what 
offers should then be accepted because we've spoken about the anxiety that people go through you've sent out your, you've sent out 45 cvs you've gone through uh, maybe 10 different interviews and then at the end of the day three different offers come to you come to your table you're a young person you've never worked before how should or how can one actually assess which job offer to take yeah it's actually it's a nice problem to have you know um <laughs> i guess you, you'd you'd like to have uh, options available no. um i think before you even get to that point it's, it's very important that you do pursue roles that are interested interesting to you and that you can ultimately from the first um, engagement with the recruit recruiter or the client client as I mentioned to you we try and match personality mm. so firstly are you actually going for something that you think you'll enjoy and and it is also quite important to go for as many interviews as you can so that you educate yourself about what is available in the market but as you go through the interview process I think it's you generally start getting a feeling from oh you know I can see myself working here and I have mm. a good chemistry with my potential f- new boss you know I can see myself working for this person and learning from this person so key first question if there are three of options I can probably guarantee you that <laughs> one of those three is are, are making you a little bit more excited than okay. the others um, so you're going to have to try and go to, for something that truly is, is is close to your passion and what you've envisioned for yourself. Um, and, and also realize that there's, there's no, never ever going to be that perfect job. No job is perfect. There's some highs and some lows. Um, so, you know, you're measuring, is this a step in the right direction? Is this my, my foot in the door and my chance, especially as a graduate? Is this on the career trajectory that I originally envisioned for myself? So, um, you know... Is the does the company have values that I can identify with? Um, do, do very importantly, is it going to provide me with the skills that I need to ultimately end up in the career path that I've chosen if I've studied something? Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes it's it, it's okay to even make a mistake. You know, it, it does happen. Um, but generally, I think it is important to to kind of see what makes you excited and and where you can imagine yourself um salary i think sometimes especially as a graduate (laughs) it is important i mean obviously you want you need your bread and butter on the table but it shouldn't be the most important factor we always say we're always weary as a recruiter when somebody's changing jobs for money um because then it just means that they they'll accept counter offers they'll jump at the next opportunity offering more money you really need to go for something especially in the beginning when you're not an expensive resource go for skill what is going to teach me the most and upskill me the most so that i can be a valuable even more valuable commodity two three five years down the line Hmm. in the interest of time we just have uh maybe uh if you could keep it low about 30 Hmm. seconds um what is in an ideal world what is the magic source of matching the recruiter and and the recruit so what are we ideally looking for yeah okay well firstly like i said somebody who um is is quite clear about where they kind of want to take their career we're very consultative but we're going to look for somebody with strong academic um, excellence generally that is still a requirement especially as a graduate it is valued by a potential future employer Um, we are um, you know generally when I look at a graduate it will be a finance person so you know a BCom you know something like that uh, would be very it's it's very attractive to potential future employers you can be upskilled and also just I think personality is important I always mm. feel you can teach someone skills but you can't teach them to have a personality mm. you know so that can do attitude that self-starter uh, that person who just really is eager to get that chance to start proving themselves attitude is just you know so important so I really get excited when I have someone who's so excited just to kind of go for interviews as a graduate you know if they if they too picky it sometimes can be worrying so I hope that answers your question yes it does <laughs> my takeaway you need to have the right attitude 100%. personality can take you to a lot of places and differentiate you when there's a lot of people with similar qualifications thank, thank you, you so much we're talking to Petra Cooper who is for who is from Robert Walters and uh, they specialize in finance and legal uh, recruitment um, on the other side of this we're going to be actually talking about once you have your job the salary uh, we Petra has already spoken about how you know it's not the most important thing uh, but on the other side of this we're going to be talking to an expert about how 
you negotiate for your salary. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Justice on the business buzz. Remember, you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are the business buzz. Our hashtag on Twitter is uh, business hashtag business buzz. And right now, we are running a poll. Uh, we've been running this poll since before the show. The question is, how do you look for a job, or how did you find your current job? Our options that's job websites, family or connections, approaching companies, or a recruitment website. We just came from talking to a uh, Petra Cooper, who is from Robert Walters uh, recruitment about what it means to be an applicant in the current job market and right now we're moving on to the issue of well, now that you've got your salary or well, what uh, not your salary sorry now that you've got the job how do you make sure that you are compensated fairly for this job interestingly enough Payscale has done an interesting survey uh, which says that the broad median salary of a person who has a degree in South Africa falls anywhere between 72,000 and 350,000 rand a year, uh, which can then rise to 90,000 to 500,000 after that first year. And then on the line, we are joined by Janine Letitia, who is Business Development Manager with Quest Staffing Solutions to unpack this issue. Quest Staffing Solutions is one of the biggest staffing companies in South Africa. They provide nationwide and assist uh, clients with bulk contract, contract to permanent and permanent placements. How are you, Janine? I'm very good. Thank you, Madiba. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, this yes. show is uh, primarily looking at um, getting that first job. Perhaps you could just give us briefly um, your experience in getting your first job. Oh my goodness. My <laughs> very first job, I'm trying to think now. Believe it or not, my very first job, I finished matric many years ago. Um, on the Friday, I finished my check, I went to get my my number and I started my very first job on the Monday. Oh wow. I it, uh, yeah, and it was to somebody that I knew. I mean I was listening to the interview um previously with um Petra, it was to somebody that I knew. I actually went for my interview while I was writing finals because I wanted to get into the job market. Unfortunately I didn't have the means to go and study further. So I thought, well, I've got to go and earn a salary, and I got my first job. All my friends were going on matric back, and the Monday morning, 8 o'clock, I started my very first um, job in the corporate world, earning a very, very low salary, but I was very (laughs) excited. I used to do waitressing in the evening, so it was great, and it's been amazing since then. I've done work in quite a few industries, worked myself up studied a little bit through companies um, you know, that I've worked for and have got the opportunity and I'm actually going to be doing an NQS 7 this year, um, funny enough through one of the BITS, the BITS um, universities. So quite excited for that. So going back to studying after quite a lot of years, so that's quite exciting, yeah. Um, uh, going back to studying is always is always mm-hmm. very, very exciting. And for those that, un- uh, that are getting out of studying for the very very first time there's all there's always a lot of confusion a lot of anxiety about that first job when it comes to salaries i feel like this is quite a touchy touchy a bit of a touchy Mm. subject Uh, Mm. for us to start off does a person actually have a right to negotiate their salary okay so you know prospective employees should um should know that any project or campaign you know, or any business, um, employing new recruits is guided by a budget. So we know that there's always a budget in terms of salaries, um, what they can pay, um, and especially in the current economic conditions. Yeah. We know economic conditions, unfortunately, currently hard times due to various reasons. Um, but it is encouraging to know that potential recruits who negotiate often do get an opportunity to earn much more than their counterparts. Um, And, you know, as long as it's a well-thought-out negotiation, it also gives them the added advantage and comes across as a stronger candidate as an employee. And it really is based on what Pietro said just now. These two are really interlinked in terms of coming across as very confident, um, you know, um, that you are the best candidate for the job. There will always be some kind of salary scale in most companies that will have a budget but also a salary scale, and you mentioned now with regards to the survey that's just come out, in terms of the big discrepancy, you know, 72,000 to 350K. 
in terms of of different salaries. So there there generally is a, an entry, a medium, and um, and uh, uh, and you know sort of a, an intermediate salary scale. So most of your large organisations have already done all the research and implemented these different levels. Um, negotiations must be done in a very productive way. Um, and it might be a bit tricky for a first-time employee because they come straight from a tertiary institution and with limited work experience. So what I would suggest is that they undertake to do some research before they embark on a job search. Go and have a look and try and understand the positions that you're applying for. What are the salary benchmarks for those various positions that they're applying for? The research can be done through university career fairs. There are plenty during the year that that um, you know takes place. Go in a contact professional bodies in the field of interest, and also salary appraisal platforms to go and have a look. What what are those salary levels? We do have a survey and also salary surveys on our website, and there's a lot of other websites where you can actually go and say salary scales for marketing degrees or marketing positions, etc. Um, it gives you a very good, you know, ballpark to work from. Um, and also, I mean, we know people that study, they love to do research, they've been taught to do research, you know, self-discipline, etc. So go and show that what you've learned in terms of your specific field, you've actually now put it into practice and you're investing in yourself for your future job. Um, when you go with this information to a potential employee, at least when you face the time, you can go and say, all right, you know, I know what is it that's being offered. This is what I know, you know, the potential could be in terms of what the entry level is, how do you stand? And it is, it's a collaborative approach. You consult with a person. You know, it's all about talking to say, what is the position that is on offer? You know, what are the benefits? So maybe the cash amount might not sound too much, but there might be additional benefits that the um, company offers. Maybe there's further assistance in terms of studying that they, you know, will assist with, you know, look at your cost to company package, etc. So there's lots of things that you need to look at. And I understand the cash component is important because that is our bread and butter. And we do need a level of, you know, security. We've probably got lots of loans to pay back in terms of studying. <laughs> That's um, true. But go, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, go in prepared and have some kind of idea of, um, you know, what it is that you feel that you're worth. And also say, you know, is there, area, is there an area for a bit of negotiation um, in terms of that? Um, Janine, said, you know, uh, just... Mm. Oh, no, no, sorry to interject. I was just like, actually mm. going to ask um, on a point that you raised because you're talking about how um, people can use things like a salary benchmarks, approach mm. uh, the pro uh, professional bodies and actually yes. do research uh, with, uh, I think you said they are um, pay salary um, yes. aggregating platforms that are out there. Mm -hmm. But we yes. find uh, uh, that when you talk to young people that are in employment at the moment, one of the biggest stumbling blocks that uh, they seem to be facing when it comes to salary negotiations is there tends to be an attitude or um, a precedence where organizations tend not to allow employees to discuss or disclose their salaries with each other. So yes. how how can young people actually overcome this particular hurdle? Is it uh, is it something that is uh, common practice in business to not discuss salaries, or is it specific to certain organisations? And if someone is in an organisation where they can't discuss their salaries, how do they realistically gauge their worth when approaching negotiations? Okay, very good question. So, salary non-disclosure policies in the work workplace does prohibit employees from discussing what their salaries are. And these, um, these are sometimes stated in um, employees' code of conduct, and most companies have this in terms of um, their code of conduct. There's various reasons behind the fact that companies do not want people to discuss their salaries. And, um, you know, it's basically when you talk salary, it's sort of a taboo kind of, you know, discussion in the workplace because what it does is it tends to demoralize the team, especially if a co-worker has different perceptions on what they do 
according to somebody sitting next to them. They might know that somebody else has a higher education. There are different factors that entitle them to earn an additional salary. Let's take, for instance, um, somebody that you're sitting with. They might have been there for three years. And during their time being there, they've been the top performer and received yearly increases, which now places them at a higher level. Academically, um, they could have a different degree. You know, it could be that they um, just have additional responsibilities. So unhappiness for different salary ranges, it really, really cause, causes, you know, um, a lot of hostility and happiness within the division and that is why they do say do not discuss your salary with a co-worker my suggestion and i've spoken about this a lot is go and have a discussion with your direct manager it's the way that you approach it and you have a discussion to say i need to understand this is what i'm earning how am i benchmarked according to my peers if you've got that good relationship with your manager, your manager will be able to say, you know, we've got the following, you know, bands, etc. This is where you're at. Maybe work on this. This is what your potential is, X, Y, and Z. We also then have, we know most companies have a, a centralized or an HR division who will be more than willing to actually say, this is what the salary bands are. And you then yourself can gauge. But, you know, have open discussions. Make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. Maybe bring with you salary reviews and say, listen, you know, this is what the benchmark on the internet is saying to me. This is what global practice or business practice is. I feel I'm way below. How do I get there? What do I need to do to make sure that I actually get to that, you know, specific level? Any decent leader and a great mm-hmm. leader, and I don't say manager because managers <laughs> manage, manage processes. Yeah. I say leader. Any leader will have that conversation with you and be open and honest. If you are open and honest and you are a top performer and you're diligent in what you do and you show interest in terms of saying, I'm bringing my degree, I'm bringing my skill, I'm bringing myself to your organization, let's meet halfway. Let's look at the Z generation, you know, the X and the Y generation, it's the Y generation, sorry, Z generation of still in school. If you look at that Y generation, you know, they are looking for quick results. They want to be a CEO the minute they go into a company. And that's reality. And that's who we're dealing with. And a lot of companies know this. So they're going to make things more attractive, make you know, um, job opportunities, more attractive. Maybe there's more flexibility. So if you want more flexibility, maybe it is that your income is a little bit lower. So don't just take it at face value. Have the, have the honest and, you know, those good conversations to say, right, this is where I'm at. Where am I going? And if you're still not satisfied, you need to then sit back and say, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm getting. Are there opportunities within the business? Yes. Am I going to stick it out to get there? Absolutely. And what is it going to take for me to get there? I need to do X, Y, and Z. You know, and it's that where you start having those interactive conversations, performance appraisals, I've done this, this is what's happening. It's really tough to try and sit and have salary talks on the floor or with anybody and go, oh, I earn X. You know, how do you know <laughs> that your co-worker is actually telling the truth? Yeah, that's They true. might be inflating it. So, you know, it really all depends on the maturity. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I just say be open, be honest, and it will definitely get you far. Um, Petro, no, no, sorry, Petro mentioned earlier on um, that um, one of the things that tends to happen is that uh, people get lost in a sea of numbers and all of that stuff. And you might also, I, I get the feeling that as as someone who's now negotiating salaries, my question to you then, based off of what Petra said in the previous interview, is how does a person not um, get lost in this sea of numbers? And in terms of, and in the interest of time, this is our last question. Is there any legislation that you feel like young people should be paying attention to that could help them in this process because you've already given us a lot of uh, sources of information from um, the benchmarking websites, the professional bodies, etc. But from a legislation point of view as well, is there something that young people should be paying attention to that can help them to be better informed? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So um, all employees have a basic right at the workplace, um, including a right to privacy, fair compensation and freedom of discrimination. A job applicant also has a certain right even prior to being in a hired. So the new workplace entrants must always familiarise themselves with the basic conditions of the Employment Act. Yeah. It's available anywhere and everywhere. Basically, what this act does, it will um, it applies to all employers and workers, and it regulates the system. It regulates leave, working hours, employment contracts, deductions, payslips, termination. Go and familiarise yourself um, on this, um, you know, the basic conditions, because then when you get your contract or when you're sitting having a discussion, you're actually in the know to say, well, these are my rights. This is an employer's rights. Um, you know, that also gives you one step up to say, all right, well, yes, they're following or no, they're not following. So absolutely, you have, you have a right. Go and have a look at that. Look at your um, salary survey. Always make sure you're aware of the benefits, like I said. Um, and also one of the biggest things from, from just as tips and, and resources, go and look up the company that you are actually going to. You know, what have they got to offer? What is the future? Are they a reputable company? You have studied so hard for the last five years, four years, whatever it is. You've finally got your degree. People want you for your degree and know that. Um, so you've got to take that. And as much as what you what you are being interviewed, like Petra was saying, you must also interview the potential employer um, <laughs> and say, right, this is me. I'm going to give you all my hard work studied so hard, I've got these amazing skills, what can you offer me? Um, and that really is my advice. But employment equity, you can also go and have a look at the Employment Equity Act, um, but definitely the basic conditions of Employment Act, go and read up on it, see what your rights are. Lots of information out there and obviously, you know, contact your recruitment consultants or your partners to say, can I come and have a discussion? Let's talk about this. Thank you so much. That was us talking to Janine Letizia, who is a business development manager with Quest Staffing Solutions. As you heard from her, you need to familiarize yourself with the Basic Conditions of Employment Act together with the Employment Equity Act. And also go and find uh, some, sal- uh, some salary benchmark websites together with professional bodies to better inform yourself when it comes to salary negotiations. Thank you so much, like I said, uh, to Janine, who we just came from talking to, together with Petra, who was to in studio talking about the actual application process i know that for a lot of young people out there the job search is real the job search is a hustle the job search is going to bear fruit be hopeful um i myself uh found myself in that particular situation a while back and after a while you 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 get used to it and but uh, the most important thing is you need to have hope thank you so much to everyone who was listening to the show our technical production is done by kotlo and uh, our executive producer for the show is Elna Schutz. For myself, Mdio Mob Justice Gavaza, it's good evening and take care. After this, we have a Life Beats with Diema and Abongi. Keep it locked. This was the Business Buzz. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. only on VowFM. Listen to the Business Buzz podcast on www.journalism.co.za.